Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Core, where we talk about core gaming, video games, PCs, consoles, news in the industry, stuff we're playing ourselves. It doesn't matter. We're into it. My name is Scott Johnson. I'm here with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. How are you, gentlemen? John, how are you? How are you doing? Hey, I'm fine. Yeah? Bo, you're all right? Everybody's okay? Eh. Bo, Bo narrowly avoided a, a hurricane, not a hurricane, a tornado warning the other day. That was good. I was glad that didn't affect you. But lots of rain, right? Because that, that uh, hurricane went like right up everybody's butthole on the eastern seaboard. Raining like crazy. Yeah. So much rain. A lot of rain. Uh, nice cool off for the summer. If you know you want to get outside now, it's very comfortable. Yeah. That's good. This is That, that is true. Not nearly as hot. Uh, not here. It's 102 today and uh, not getting any cooler. So... Oh no! Wait, what is? I'm sorry. In space points, that's like, uh, what is that? Like sixty? Uh, how hot is? No. Uh, what, what is? What is real? Like, I'm, I'm real bad days in the forties. Okay, like, so it's probably we're probably that. I don't know what yeah. the conversion is, but we're about forty in yeah, your I space points. Either. I just I rely on Google and never actually <laughs> learned the formula, so I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm too lazy to open the Google window and type things in right now. So I kind of am as well. But uh, we're here to talk about games, and that's good because it turns out we really like this stuff and we have things to say. So sit back and relax and enjoy. All right, so this is a bummer for some people, but maybe not for others who are already planning on getting a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 4 for that matter. Uh, Spider-Man, as you know him, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, is a PlayStation exclusive in the Avengers game that's coming out. So that Avengers game where you get to be the Hulk and Thor and Iron Man and all the Avengers. If you wanted to play Spider-Man, PlayStation only. And not only that, uh, there was an announcement about DLC will always hit PlayStation first because of whatever deal Sony's got going on with Square Enix. And that stuff will come later by a number of weeks to, uh, to PC, Xbox players, or wherever else this game ends up. Uh, let's talk about the first thing. John, you're a huge Spider-Man fan. I am. Sony is already... Well, I mean, Sony basically owns the rights to Spider-Man games and movie usage. Uh, even though they've got kind of an MCU deal right now, it's still kind of their card to play. So yeah. it's not surprising to me to hear that Spider-Man will be in there and that it, that it might be an exclusive over there. As a fan of Spider-Man, did this just make your console choice for you and you know what one you're getting now? Well, I mean, my gut reaction was, oh, I'm livid. I don't I don't want this because I if I was going to play that game, I was going to play it on the PC because I don't want to play it on the PS4. Yeah. Um, if I was going to play the game, I guess it does mean that I would be playing it on PlayStation 4. But let me just walk it back a little further and say, I don't think it matters because I don't think I'm going to play this game because it still looks like hot garbage. Oh, hot. Um, yeah, I, I just posted a picture. Take a look at Hulk's face there. Okay, let's take a look. Is this in yeah. our... Uh... Let's zoom right in on it. Okay, let me pull this up here. Oh, gosh. It looks like a character actor in the midst of a bowel movement. <laughs> I don't want to play Hulk. I don't want to play that version of Hulk. Jeez. Yeah, he, um, I, I'm going to say this. Like, There are people out there that are going, you know, saying, hey, what else would you expect? This makes all the sense in the world. Of course, this is the way it's going to be. And they're not wrong. It, it does. Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man. Of course, they're going to put it on their platform and try and make it exclusive. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it has to feel good. 
the fact that it makes sense doesn't mean, oh, okay, I'm totally fine with this as somebody who either doesn't want it on the PS4 or doesn't own a PS4. Like, it's allowed to feel bad and make sense at the same time. Those mm. are two totally acceptable feelings. Right. Um, the thing I think they really shot themselves in the foot with, and I, I linked an article from Kotaku about this, is apparently... Um, the one of the one of the people there, Scott Amos, decided to go on comicbook.com to talk about this and posted in his interview the most bizarre explanation for why this happened. He said, So the beauty of Spider-Man and what Spider-Man represents as a character and as a world is again, it comes back to the relationship with PlayStation and Marvel. We happen to be once you can execute and deliver, when it comes down to choices of where and what Spider-Man can be, that's a relationship question that PlayStation absolutely has the rights to. That, as you guys know, with Sony's ownership there and Marvel with Sony saying, hey, this is something we can do. This is something we can do on this platform. Gosh, who does that? Really, remi- uh, it really <laughs> reminds me of somebody. It's weird. I can't yeah, really place it. Really just shine the light on that. Thanks. I guess we now understand what's going on. Glad you clarified that for us. Woo. That's a that's a beast of a paragraph. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, don't know what that even means. That's a weird uh, way of saying that. I think maybe that's the wrong guy to ask. Uh, he, it's not even the worst of the quotes. Mm. Another one. This is an opportunity that we can make something unique and fun and awesome that we all. You just talked about Black Widow and to be able to have that experience. So we love the idea of being able to bring this character to the PlayStation players. Mm-hmm. That's also weird. Also, it's, you're also going to invite weird comparisons because you're going to have a fully fleshed out 3D version of Spider-Man in his own game, Miles Morales in his own game. And then this is going to look weird compared to those. Mechanically, it'll be different. Um, I just think that's dangerous. To, yeah. to, to do that, especially now that it's exclusive. So everybody who gets the game on PlayStation hardware is going to play it. I don't know. I, I mean, part, part of me is excited about a couple of people or a couple of headlines I read that said, we've had our hands on a preview of this thing and it might just be the Marvel RPG we've all been waiting for. Mm. That kind of talk makes me go, oh, well, I can deal with ugly Hulk face if... If it's if it can be what they you know what that possibly promises, you must read more positive RPG? news than me because the the news websites I read said this ain't destiny, and mm. I had other people comparing it to Anthem. Interesting. Let's see. Where did I see this? Was this an RPG now? Well, I mean, it has progression and gear and oh, okay. gear scores, like division and, style. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like like division, like well, like like destiny. Um, but then John's, okay. you know, John's comment is an interesting one. So here it is. I found it on, um, where is this? Oh, it was on Polygon, which may or may not suit your tastes at home. I don't know. But their headline is the Marvel Avengers beta teaser uh, teases the superhero RPG I've always wanted. After 10 hours in the Marvel Avengers beta, I'm officially excited for the Avengers to assemble. And then there's a whole bunch of uh, reasons why he believes uh, that that's that that's cool. And the RPG progression elements in there are cool. I mean, I don't know. Like, I keep I uh, I keep flopping on this thing because I want it to be rad, and I love these characters, and I want to play in that world and all that. And I love RPGs, and I love progression, and I love gear scores, and I love all that. But 
then I read something bad and I'm like, ah, forget it. I'm not going to play this or I'll see a terrible screenshot and go, oh, this isn't for me. But then someone will say something like this and I'm like, well, so I, just, I want I just this game to be phenomenal. This, this game is a game for me. This is everything I would want a video game to be. Marvel Universe, lots of characters, RPG should be an easy win. But my spider sense tells me it's going to be bad. E- I would love to be wrong, but everything I see from the look, from the the early uh, buzz about it to just watching the gameplay and just thinking, mm, I don't know. Everything is warning me that this is bad. I've been wrong before. I said that about the new Doom, and we all know how that turned out. Yeah. So uh, I have certainly been wrong, and I will be again. But <laughs> I'm telling you, this game looks like bad. It looks super bad. <laughs> all, right. all right. If it plays well, it's all I care about because I can, I can, I can live with slightly wonky looking stuff. Visually. So does this make you want to get it on the PS4? <sighs> Knowing that there is a whole new character, because amidst all the jargon and rambling sentences, mm-hmm. there was a couple coherent thoughts that were thrown in there, which was he is not replacing a character. He's just a single additional bonus character that they claim did not detract from anything else they were working on. Apparently they just had a hundred percent time to work on this for no cost to the studio. Mm. Uh, and it's just one bonus character for the Sony platform. Everything else is still getting all the same love and detail and care everywhere else. It's kind of a bummer that the other platforms don't do like they did with the soul caliber stuff where it's like, Hey, Xbox gets spawn and, Link is in the GameCube version, and mm-hmm. Sony gets whatever Sony got. I don't remember. What's Hi Hachi? Was it Hi Hachi? Yeah. Lame. <laughs> that's so lame, dude. I mean, I know Tekken was a huge deal back then, but that's that's lame. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I want a game to play with friends that's fun and feels cool and has the Destiny DNA, but goes a different way and is third person like this and like all of these things line up with what I want but what they're showing just every time I see it I go oh I don't know I don't know if this is for me so is we'll see sing- it's a single player game too or do they announce multiplayer uh, it's both so it's primarily I mean there's a campaign which you can play on your own I don't know if you can co-op that or not but the uh, the progression based multiplayer stuff is absolutely there from day one I mean that stuff that it is designed to be a game as a service they want you to to be in there all the time with new updates and new stuff to do all the time. And the gear is supposed to be crazy and all over the place. You'll be wearing every possible Iron Man outfit ever made. If you unlock it, all kind of stuff. I mean, they're, they're really going for that cosmetic thing. So those are all things that are fine with me, especially with Marvel. Um, thing is, I kind of had the game I wanted from Marvel in an RPG mm-hmm. and it was called Marvel heroes, heroes 20, 20- and they kept, yeah, they kept changing. The, <laughs> they kept changing the year every year, which is, was weird. But I really liked it. It was a Diablo take on the Marvel stuff, and it was a good one. It was fun, and it got better over time, and really got great toward the end. And there were some weird ideas that just totally worked for me. I really liked the the questing and the story and all that. It was it was cool, man. It was super good. It just got a little too inundated with currencies and inventory space management and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think that was kind of the one thing that held it back. Um, and it was a little complicated with the trees mm -hmm. and they would reset them constantly because they're like, we, we were Spider-Man and you go in, you're like, oh my gosh, this isn't the same character anymore. Right. And I have to but, go reassign all my shit. I hate doing that. Oh, they had such a freaking cool roster of characters in that game. You could play as everybody. You could play as Venom. You could play as Spider-Man. You didn't have to have a PlayStation in order to do it. Yeah. Um, Who else did they have in there? They had as... a, a Squirrel Girl in there, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, Squirrel yeah. Girl was in there. You could play as uh, the Laura Kinney version of Wolverine, which yep. is the better version of Wolverine. Whoa, smack talk. curious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the costumes were great, and the art style was amazing. Yeah. Hey, a comic book game that has a good art style. Imagine that. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah. No, no small uh, shot over the bow of Avengers again, uh, because you don't like their art style. Anyway, uh, we'll see. Will this be the perfect Marvel game ever? No. Maybe. Could be. Probably not. We'll have to wait until it comes out and we find out ourselves. Uh, also, oh, and to the to the whole DLC thing. It's not that weird for uh, somebody to sort of buy the rights to get all the DLC first. But usually there's a time limit on that, you know, like a timed exclusive. And this sounds like it's not. It sounds like it's a permanent deal. So they are counting on a big, probably a big check from Sony <laughs> is my thinking. Yeah. How that's going to go. Um, all right. PlayStation 5. More Sony news. PlayStation 5 will support the PlayStation 4 controller as we were, as was rumored forever ago but will only work for PS4 games. And some people are really ticked about this. I think what they thought was they'd get a PS5, they'd have the new controller, and then they'd have old PS4 controllers they'd use for additional controllers, for multiplayer stuff or whatever. Uh, save a bunch of money, because they're like $60, $70 controllers. And uh, nope. Not, well, not for PS5 games anyway. So if you want to play a PlayStation 5 game, you got to have the PlayStation 5 controller. Those old controllers will do you no good. Basically, this is exactly the same thing that happened with PS3 controllers. So you could use, in the early days of the PS4, you could use a PS3 controller for like old PS1 games you could download from the store and stuff like that. I think I think this is right, if I remember it right. But anything that was PlayStation 4 had to be a PS4 controller. And so this is the same. It's really not that different. I don't know what people expected. It sounds like Microsoft's going to be a lot more open about that stuff. Uh, letting you use your your Xbox One controller for future games because not uh, not a lot has changed. But uh, I definitely get the desire. Controllers are stupid expensive. Yeah. Somebody who's looking to buy a new PS4 controller now because the girlfriend's kid came up to me the other day and went, John, why when I do this does the stick move? And he starts pulling the stick off the controller, and I was just like, What are you doing? Oh my gosh! And uh, I was like, Don't do that. Why, why so, was he? Why was he pulling the stick out? It was just broken. I no, because I guess at some point he pulled on it and it moved a little bit, and therefore it needed to be pulled harder. Damn! And uh, I was just like, "Stop! <laughs> Stop doing what you're doing!" And I immediately came back and said, "I need my own PlayStation Four controller because they're out there breaking mine." Yeah. And uh, turns out those things are really pricey. So I get why people might not want to go out and buy a whole bunch of them, especially mm -hmm. if you have a family, you want to do multiplayer games. Um, you know, that's a, if you want to buy four or three additional controllers for your console, you're at the cost of a reduced console itself at that point. Yeah. It gets so, really at least expensive. 200, if it's 70 bucks, $210. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so, this may be the first generation where if I get one of these consoles, I'm not even going to get a second one. 
I'm just going to get one. I'll, if I get, well, it depends on what I get, but I'll use probably use it on my PC. I don't know if I have a dedicated one or not. I don't know. I'll just think about it. But yeah, it's not, they're not cheap, man. It used to be, I'd be like, oh yeah, we got to get three more controllers for all the family stuff we're going to play. And you just kind of bit the bullet because it wasn't too bad. It's like 25, 30 bucks for a new controller. Not yeah. anymore. Not these. These will cost more than your no, games. Doesn't Mad, doesn't Mad Cat still around? Don't they make like $10 controllers still? Yeah, I mean, there's Fair. still lots of janky controllers like yeah. that, right? Like, look at this one. I mean, because like multiplayer, the thing is like, John, you have to replace your baseline controller. But if you're just like having friends over once a month, you know, whatever, it's very casual. You can just buy the junkers. Yeah. Just yeah. get a poopy one like this. Oh, one. that's what we're going to do for the kids yeah. going forward. Yeah. We're going to buy, yeah. You see this thing? Off brand. See this cool, this cool camo and everything. It's actually <laughs> this was really well uh, reviewed. And it's just partly why I got it, and it was cheap. It was like fourteen bucks. This was made by yeah. e- Easy oh SMX, God. and it's got it's sturdy and great. I use it for everything. <laughs> so like, I actually think this stuff's better than it used to be. Also, I wanted wired because I prefer wired on my PC. So that's the other reason I got it. It's wired. They have a wired version, um, mm-hmm. and uh, my Bluetooth's just kind of fruity, so I don't use it. But uh, yeah, like no problems with this. This has been a great controller and it's sturdy and heavy. And actually people at home should hear this again. Easy SMX. If you're looking for an extra controller and you're trying to save money, this has not been, I don't have regrets about this. I've yet to, I've yet to have a situation where I was like, oh, this isn't as good or whatever. It's been fine. hundred percent fine. So some Chinese and knockoff brand. I have no idea. It was on Amazon anyway. uh, Oh yeah. The nail. Okay. So some people weren't here for the nails. I'll explain. Oh, did you? Did you get your hand stuck in something? No, it looks like it because it looks dirty and weird. Um, earlier yeah. today, I was chilling because the doctor, that's a long story, but I was the, I had to see a doctor today, told me I had to do, take some medicine. I have a thing with my eye. Um, so while I was laying down and chilling, I had a big old hot compress on my eye. Um, my daughter said, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna paint your nails. And I said, no, I don't want Aww. you to do that. And she says, well, I'm just going to use markers. I said, okay, what kind are they? She says, don't worry. These are those wash away ones. They don't stay. <laughs> So we'll just do a quick color and it'll be fine. So she did like purple and blue. And I'm like, sweet. Thanks. That's great. Before the show, though, I'm going to go scrub these off. No, didn't work. This is as good as I got it. Yeah. And I scrubbed these with soap. Well, and like a now scrubber. you just got to paint them so you can make them look nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that'll that'll be great. That's what I need is more more Internet questions about what Scott's up to. But anyway, uh, so that was that. Uh, well, you could do something cool. Like, imagine if you were into it, you could do those Xbox controller buttons on, you know, give it A, B, Y, X. Oh, look at that. You see, like, you're thinking in, like, I don't want flowers or, or you know, something. But if you put something cool on there. Yeah. Gamery, you might be like, I'll put, like, Mario, Luigi, Waluigi, and Wa, well, Mario. No, Wario. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know, Yoshi or Princess Peach on this one. No, no, I don't know. Whatever. You, you like, yeah, you could probably do cool stuff. Okay. It wouldn't affect your, you know, sense of propriety. What if, what if Princess pinky. Peach was on my pinky? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What if I made Princess Peach my nose, made Mario my pinky, jammed my pinky up my nose, and then when I did that, it would push the skin to the side that all that then showed the na- the words, "I'm sorry, Mario." The princess is in another nostril. That'd be that'd pretty be good. great. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah. except really I think he'd mistake your nose for a pipe, and then all of a sudden your nail wouldn't be on anymore, <laughs> and he'd yeah. be bouncing around. If you had Mario on your fingernail, you could just be sitting there going. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, so this stuff. Just so you know, if you buy markers that say 
uh, washes off with water, I say bullshit. It didn't. Oh work. man, you just gave me a great D and D idea. Uh oh. Check in like, Sunday. Imagine an old wizard, but then like he's got a really small person living in one of his nostrils. Fantastic. Also participates. <laughs> it's just like a, a person in there. Let me, let me ask Ted what he thinks. Ted, what do you think? <laughs> I'm a wizard. I think you should kill the goblin. This is my opinion from, from little old me living in your nostril. I like it. I like it. I don't know. All right, Bo's got ideas. I mean, look, I've got a, my character has a baby arm on his shoulder. We've done yeah. weirder things, so yeah. tune in Sunday to find out more. All right. Uh, do we care about this, though? Like the controller thing? It's not that big a deal, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's expected, honestly. I, I was surprised. I was like... Oh, it will be, and then it was just it was just a roller coaster. I was like, "Oh, they will be compatible." Oh, like that was it. Like my excitement and my disappointment were in the same headline because yep. I just assumed it wouldn't work that yep. way. I agree. Uh, oh, man. Did you guys see this uh, Diablo Immortal footage from China? No, okay. I heard people were talking about Di- Diablo Immortal, and I chose not to interact. You with didn't. You decided you were not going to engage in such. I'm behavior. not going to play it. Yeah. I mean, that's not true. You will. You're going to install it and try it. Will not. You will. I absolutely will not. I am so. Con- I am 100% convinced that John will at least install it and try it and, and fire it up, run around for a minute. Whoops, let me mute this. I'm showing the video now. Uh, and you're going to, you'll at least get that far. I'm, I'm 100% sure of this. You'll play at least that much. And you say no. I don't think so. <laughs> you'll play it. Yeah, you'll play it just so you, for homework to bring on Corey. Be like, I played it and I played it for a minute and I can confirm it's terrible. I'll, I'll have more interest in paying for and downloading Diablo 3 on my Switch than I would playing Diablo Immortal. Wow. That's <laughs> for free. That's or whatever it's going to end up being. Yeah, it's probably free. I'm sure if it's if it's pay for, I'm more interested because it means I'm not going to get a bunch of free to play bullshit in there. But I highly doubt that. Uh, they, they do show the Necromancer, which I don't remember being announced for it. So that's news. Um, no sign of a witch doctor, but you got everybody else. Well, I guess you don't have a crusader either, but you've got a brute. You got your, uh, you, I mean, you got all your stuff. It looks fine for what this is meant to be. It looks fine. It's finally going to happen. Probably. Although there's no U.S. Uh, date or any info here, but uh, in China, this is going to be a monster hit and people are going to play it like crazy. And it'll be fine. Will I play it's it? Been, yes. Will I really get into it? No. I'm sure I will. It's been a long time since we talked about Diablo Immortal, and I can already see it in the chat, so let me just clarify my Diablo Immortal stance. One, I have played it. It was okay. Two, I don't like mobile games, so it's uh, that's why. Yeah. It's not zero experience with it or me hating on a thing. I have no experience with it. I played it. It made me want a new real Diablo game instead of a fake mobile one. Yeah, same. I feel the same. But I'm telling you right now, I know this is going to be 100% true. The day it comes out, John will download it and check it. Because you're going to want to find out what's different than the one you played. I'll admit to it. I mean, I told you guys I got a lifetime sub to Star Trek Online. I've admitted to more embarrassing things on this show. So (laughs) if it happens, I'll tell you. But right now, I feel adamant that I will not play it. All right. Fair enough. Even though, you know, Bale's in it. Bale makes a return. Ooh, Bale. 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 He's back in the mobile version of this game. We need a bailout in Tristram. (laughs) 
Uh, anyway, we'll see. Bo, are you, are you any closer to caring about Diablo Immortal or no? No, stay away from mobile games. Boy, rat poison. Rat poison mobile games, John says, or Bo says. <laughs> uh, all right. Sounds good to me. Hey, Fall Guys, that's that thing everybody can't stop playing. Uh, I, I've been tempted, hovered over that button a couple times. Think I might pull the trigger because everybody says it's amazing and really stupid and fun. And uh, sometimes I feel like these games were built just so people would stream it. But after watching enough of it, I actually I think I can see the fun in this thing. So if you haven't taken a look at Fall Guys, uh, it's got nothing to do with uh, what's his name from the 80s with his uh, the, the TV show Fall Guy. Instead, it's a bunch of little cartoon characters, kind of Battle Royale style, starting at one end of the worst Mario level you've ever had to run and trying to be the last guy standing. Yeah. So just ridiculous things to get over and through the controls are on purpose not awkward but you know you're kind of fat you don't jump far um they're derpy they're derpy super derpy and you the goal is to be the last guy standing and i guess it turns out it's pretty freaking fun and it was so popular at launch that everybody uh got in and then the servers went down so they're having a hard time keeping up with the the demand which i guess is good for them it's a a good problem to have because they're going to I'm going to ramp it up and get there, but it's called Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. And uh, it looks pretty sweet. It looks pretty yeah, fun. I'm, I'm really interested in this. It, it looks like the kind of thing we would have a ton of fun with. Oh, yeah. Because it's that it's that competitive game without any pressure to actually perform well. You know, it's like <laughs> right. Battle Royale, but no pressure whatsoever. It's just we're going to drop you in. And just derp around and hope you make it to the end and have fun. And I'm a hundred percent about that right now. Well, if if we I think I'm gonna get it. If we end up all getting it, we should play some games online and show the world you know how dumb we can be. Um, because it looks like it's kind of a riot. So Fall Guys, catch it. Available on everything, by the way. That thing's on well, not Switch, but uh available on the two major consoles. Uh the N gauge. From in, uh, uh, from Nokia, just, just kidding. I'm oh kidding. God. That's a blast joke. from the past. Totally there. kidding. But totally only kidding. the taco talking engage. Only the, the ta- yeah, <laughs> that's right. And uh, uh, PC, of course. So I think that's where I'll end up getting it, and I think I'm going to play it. So we'll let you know what we think. That'll be part of my homework for next week. I think I'm going to play this game. Yeah, Fall guys, it is. Yeah, Fall guys. Fall guys looks like a lot of fun. It's only twenty bucks. Pretty good price for what you're getting. Uh, and hopefully the server stuff will be worked out by the time I get in because I would really like to not buy it and then not be able to play. That would suck. Okay. John Boyne. How do I know that name? Why do I know that name? He wrote the boy in the striped pajamas and the Boyne identity. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, for a second there, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> okay i was wondering why you guys were laughing yeah no. I, it took me a minute too i was like did he yeah and then i was like oh uh, no. yes so, <laughs> so he so it says here that he accidentally includes zelda monsters in his newest book so he makes kids books children's books right or young people books uh i don't know if it's necessarily for young people but they're certainly meant to be historically accurate books right they're not supposed to contain Octoroks mm-hmm. <laughs> and things of that nature. 
Uh, but uh, but he he apparently and he he has admitted to this. He's actually been a pretty good sport about it mm-hmm. and wrote back at confirming this. But I guess he was in doing some quick Google research for things that he could put about making dyes and things like that. Uh, apparently, googling it got him a bunch of uh, recipes from the latest Zelda game. Oh, that's amazing. and he did not realize they were from Zelda and he put them in the game. And so the excerpt that it says, um, the dyes that I used in my dressmaking were composed from various ingredients, depending on the color required, but almost all required nightshade, sapphire, key swing, the leaves of the silent princess plant, Octorok eyeball, (laughs) swift violet goes on a little bit. I employed spicy pepper, the tail of a red Zillifos and four Hillian shrooms. Hillian shrooms are extremely common in that game. They're all over the place. Is, Is this a kid book? Uh, we, that's, what we were saying, we don't know. I think it's one of the, the only sentence that I'm reading here is the child with whom he had been fornicating was his own daughter. What? What? But what? what? <laughs> it's just above the circle. thing. Are you in the article? The guardian? Okay. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm like, it's fine. I just like, is this a kid's book? I, uh, I hope not. Fun. Now that you've said that, let me look here. Oh, you know, Craig, I had been an yeah. early wife of Attila dead these 10 years. Now the child with whom he had been fornicating was his own daughter. Oh, geez, dude. Okay, well, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah. I'm not against it. You know, Oedipus Rex, classic, and you You're know, that's about a dude mar- marrying his own mom and you know, ripping his eyes out. I'm but, not like, against it. I like that sound. That's well. Okay. There are a lot of works of fictions about disturbing things, right? So I'm not going to dismiss it out of hand. No, what you're saying is you're not against it being used in, as literary devices. I get that. Yeah, but but yeah. the way well, you sound is like story, right? Like, right, right. It's, you know, like, <laughs> right. It, it, like, but I'm just like, I, I heard children's book and I was interested to know which children's book was about accidentally fornicating with your own. Okay, <laughs> not a kid's book. Here's where it says okay. uh, a traveler at the gates of wisdom opens in 81 and ends 2000 years later following a narrator and his family. In one section, the narrator sets out to poison Attila the Hun using ingredients, including Octorok eyeball and the tale of a red Zillifos and four Hillian shrews. Interesting. It seems so, like if you search for that stuff, it wouldn't be hard to then see what that was. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, this is news about tweets. God, sorry. You love news about tweets. Are you kidding me? That's your favorite oh thing God. is news uh, about I, tweets. It's a pet peeve of mine. I'm like, oh, so these are just tweets that someone made a story out of. Well, it's a, I mean, it's about the, it's about the book, but I just want to be clear because it, the context matters. When Bo said the words, fornicating with his daughter, look, I'm all for it, but, and then you kept moving on. I just want to make sure that everyone understood he meant as a literary device, as a storytelling device, as a piece of fiction. He's not, he's not saying, do you understand what I'm saying, Bo? Because it, it came out in a way where I'm just yeah. worried that a couple oh, okay. of people are going to hear it yeah, and go. No, I'm talking about the the you know the content of the book can be whatever like right. I'm not, it's not a judgment on that it's just i thought it was a children's book and i was like oh interesting children's book yeah i hope yeah. it is not yeah. a children's book it sounds like it definitely is not but it does have zelda stuff in it so zelda fans line up and get a book if you're interested okay john <laughs> we are now going to talk about a relatively personal story not really i'm setting yeah. this up wrong but uh the the issue of violence in video games for kids and for adults. Now, you, an adult, uh, me and Bo, adults, we've been through the whole 
gauntlet of, hey, video games are violent in the 90s, and we better be careful, and hey, what are you going to do? We're going to rate them, we're going to rate, give them new ratings, and now you know if Mortal Kombat's for you or not, and these games are training our kids to be killers, and blah, 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 right? We were fed full of all that. We were always very dismissive of it. Now John is a, in this case, step-parent, in a way, girlfriend's kids, and you had an experience, and I can't wait to hear how this goes. So John, explain. Yeah, so uh, this is this is new to me. I just wanted to bring this to the floor uh, to my friends and see what your thoughts are, what your advice is, um, and and see see if you can help me get my brain on track because I'm a little stumped with what to do. All right. So uh, saying my girlfriend's son is a long sentence, so I'm just going to refer to him much like Kratos as the boy. The boy. Uh, so we're going to use cool. that I for like shorthand. That. We all understand what that means now. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I don't know if she's okay with me saying his name. All right. So, uh, so the boy comes to me and he is obsessed with Grand Theft Auto 5. It okay. is he wants to grow up so he can play it. He does not measure ages based on like, oh, this is the age when I can drive. This is the age when I can do this. The only age he cares about is the age where I can play Grand Theft Auto V. Okay, That's it. the only thing he cares about. For context, that game is experiencing a huge, um, not resurgence, but a huge growth moment right now in, on, in the online mode. Like all everybody I know of that are younger than 18... This is all they want to play right now. Fortnite is starting to lose the, its shine for them. And the role-playing stuff has gone crazy in there. And my son Nick and his friends, this is all they're playing right now. So just a little context that that game is kind of taken over and streaming is... Ha- I mean, we're talking about a five-year-old game now or more than that, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. So it's a little crazy. Okay, so there's some context. Back to your story. And it's tricky because when I grew up, I mean, I watched RoboCop the moment it was available on VHS. I was a young kid when I saw RoboCop and it didn't make me go out and start shooting people and it didn't make me go out and start doing cocaine. I wasn't like way into all the RoboCop stuff. The worst thing watching RoboCop did was I walked like an idiot trying to walk like RoboCop for a while when I was a kid and I would turn my head and turn my whole body. Mm -hmm. That was the that was the closest it got to it. And so there's a part of me that wants to say, like, just let them play it. Like, try to put it in context. Try and help them understand and let kids play the games they're going to play. Where I have now stumbled is this kid, the boy, is obsessed with guns in a way that's a little weird. Mm. Uh, Like, he does not care about games until there's a gun in it. And all of a sudden it's all he wants to do. And all he wants to talk about while he sees it is the gun. And he will say, is that a bang bang gun? I want to see the game with the bang bang gun. Mm. And he, he has a fixation on it that I understand the concern around it. Right. Because he's latching onto this one thing in kind of a weird way. Mm-hmm. And we do live in an age where having a kid go to school, maybe a little gun crazy obsessed, might get him into some serious trouble that as parents, you can't get him out. Even if all he did was show up at school with like a, you know, an empty pistol in his bag because he really likes it and no, no intention of using it. That's it's still a right. Thing. Or yeah. even just told somebody I'm going to shoot you yeah. nowadays. Like when I was in school, we ran around and pointed sticks at each other. Like it was guns right in front of teachers and everybody laughed and had fun. Right. Nowadays, my understanding is you, you tell a kid you're going to shoot them and it has to be treated like a very credible threat. Right. Um, 
And so he's uh, he's eight years old. Okay, that's good context as well. I have a thought about um, this when you're done. And I don't know what is better to do to try and treat it like it's completely taboo and you're not going to get exposed to it and you're not going to see it, which my personal opinion is when you make something taboo, it becomes a fascination and they become obsessed with it. And then it's all they want. Like if you normalize it and it's part of their life, it's, it's normalized to some degree. But if you put it behind a door, all they want to know is what's behind that door. Mm -hmm. So I don't love that idea, but maybe that's the right call for this kid. The other option is, okay, well, do we just slowly kind of start letting him play the games he wants to play? And maybe it's okay if he plays a Roblox game that has guns in it. Maybe that's okay. Or do we, you know, say no. And even to the degree... Let me be clear just before anybody writes an email. I am not saying I'm going to let an eight-year-old play either of these games. But I even had me thinking, like, what is better to play? A Call of Duty, which is about shooting each other and its points and its winning and it's getting ahead for doing it. Or a game like The Last of Us, which is extremely graphic and adult and violent. But at least that violence has meaning and purpose behind it. It's not done for fun or for good. You see that there are ramifications for it. Yeah, it has consequences. Yeah. And so that's the spectrum that I'm looking at. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I don't know where to go with this. He's currently grounded because he keeps playing games with guns in it Mm. and getting caught and lying, saying he wasn't. Gotcha. So clearly he's going to keep seeking him out. Yeah. I I mean, okay. So the eight-year-old part matters um and i can obviously every kid's going to be different i can just tell you somebody who raised three eight-year-olds at one point they were all eight um and in particular nick he went through this exact phase at eight years old and i'm telling you like in a creepy way what you just described that was nick at age eight he was really obsessed with guns and games and wanted to play them all. And so we're talking, you know, when he's eight years old, it's like 2008, there were, you know, there were calls of duties that you could play. Um, this wasn't that long ago. And, uh, he was really, really into it and he was really into guns. Oh, can I not hear you guys? What the heck happened? Hold on. Hold on. What happened? That's weird. Okay. Now I hear you. What happened there? Ah, we haven't heard a word. Uh, <laughs> what the heck you're like okay here's some advice john and then mute <laughs> <laughs> yep i, I don't know what happened it just killed the it, i mean i didn't do anything i didn't touch anything it's weird i, I told know. bo i was like i'm gonna have to listen to the whole damn show to find out the advice scott gave uh, me on crap. This. all right so let me give let me catch you up it was short okay, okay. it's what i was what i said and this is the i think this is important the weird part about this conversation is what you described was exactly my son at eight years old exactly nick at eight okay yeah sorry everyone at home hearing this twice um but he was he was eight years old wanted to play all the shooty games remember there were multiple calls of duties that were out you could play them like that kind of stuff was out there and available it was on consoles it was it was an option it's 2008 he's eight years old uh to the point that when he was eight and nine years old he could tell me what guns were what like he would say Dad, do you know what an MP5 is? 
like, I think so. Is that the gun with the whatever? And he said, yeah, that's a totally cool gun. And that can have a silencer or it doesn't need that. But if you want, you can put extra ammo in it. And the way it works is blah, blah, blah. Like he knew all this technical stuff about these guns and shotguns and different like Benelli. Is it Benelli, the brand? Anyway, he would know the brand names of these guns yeah. and how they worked in the games and how they worked ver- games versus real life. He was really into it. And he wanted me to buy him airsoft guns and really get into it, uh, in, into that whole fandom and stuff. And I remember at the time thinking, geez, it's a little overboard on the guns for an eight-year-old. It just seems like he's just way too interested in it. And what does this mean? So I had some of the same fears. Okay. I also referred to him as the boy quite a bit back then. Um, take that, Kratos. But anyway, uh, my advice is this. But Now, again, every kid's going to be different, obviously. Right? And in your case, you're his surrogate dad. And so he's got another dad somewhere that may have different ideas and that complicates it. Um, Definitely has different ideas. Right. This is how he knows about Grand Theft Auto 5. Right. So so that's a that's an issue and one that I didn't have to deal with. So take that as a, as a, as a part of this. But um, what we did is I just sort of got into it with him. Like I got and this may sound like the simple answer, but it actually kind of wasn't. We did not do the demonization thing because you're 100 percent right. They will find it where they want it. And if you make it if you make it seem like it's a bad thing for them, they're just going to get more curious and more curious and they'll be at their friend's house playing and he's going to lie to you even more. So I think that that is absolutely the right take is to not do that. But I would do stuff like Nick would would say, you know, would say all these things. And I say, well, hey, why don't we go down to um, this gun shop and just look at these things in real life? And we'd do that. We'd go down and look at them. We wouldn't handle them or use them or anything, but we'd see them. And it had this great effect on him of like, oh, these are real. These aren't digital. These are things I could hold and see. And they kind of intimidated him. And I would answer a lot of questions he would have. And I would also bring some things up like saying, you know, that thing would really hurt people. Like if you could, if that's a gun you could own and have and it got in the wrong hands, imagine what that could do to somebody. Oh yeah, that'd be really bad. And you know, we basically went through those thought processes of what responsible gun ownership is, what kinds of guns those usually are versus this military stuff versus higher end stuff versus things you should never have uh, in any part of society, things that are just meant for war, whatever. We kind of just went through the gamut and because we were always talking about it and we were always head to head on it in a way that was like we were both learning and we were talking it through. It was never demonized. It just ended up being a phase he got through and over. Doesn't think about it now. Doesn't care about it now. Like, he's at the age now. So we're talking in 2008. He's 20 now. And I don't know if you've noticed, but every time you hear about a horrible shooting, oftentimes it's either a 17-year-old in high school or a 20-year-old psychopath. And he's, so he's hit that age where if I did it all wrong, I'd know it. <laughs> I'd know that things were would, would be going south. Yeah. Um, but instead... What what you end up with is just a really intense curiosity that if you explore it with them, you get through it in a way that is tr- that is based on trust, that is based on common ground, that is not based on judgment or or um, demands or rules. It's it's based on hey, you're right here with me doing this. And to me, it's a lot like if you know my daughter. I remember my daughter Carter was really into. It seems like it's not going to be related, but it is. She was really into oh, what they called. A stupid little animals that you you had to buy a million of them, put them in this big thing, and you tried to collect them all. But it's like any collecting thing. Let's call it ponies for now. It's fine. Right. Don't remember the name anyway. 
Imagine Pony. So she wanted to have every possible pony and she wanted all of them and it couldn't be ripoff ponies. It had to be the brand that she wanted. Oh, and it had to be a little pony. No, it was something. It was, it wasn't ponies. I'm using that as a stand in. Oh, I forgot okay, the name sure. of it. It was like Garanimals or littlest. Pe- oh, the littlest pet shop. That's it. Yeah. Littlest pet shop. She was super into it to the point of obsessiveness. Like all she could think out about all that she really wanted, all she wanted to do. And in the middle of that, I'm not having fears about stuff like one day she'll mow down a whole crowd of people with a with a small giraffe. Like it's not the same as a gun, obviously, so it doesn't have the same heft or or the same fears. But there were still fears in my head about obsessiveness and OCD potential and just like her having to have every little thing. And we did we treated that the same way. We just kind of got into it with her. And if I saw something cool online, I would send it to her and say, Carter, check this out. They've got this whole set, I bet we could find this little piece you don't have yet on Amazon or something. You can make that exact set or whatever. Like we would actually get into the fandom with her in the same way that we did with Nick. And sure enough, just like the gun thing for Nick, she could care less about Littlest Pet Shops now, obviously. So I think what you're probably dealing with, and I'm not trying to act like I've got the answer here 100%, because again, every kid is different. Every situation is different. But my experience doing that worked for us and it worked really well. And I know people who were Nick's age, kids that were Nick's age and parents that I knew who took the opposite tact and who were afraid of everything pop culture had to offer and forbade them from all of it. And then not only forbade them, but then acted like it was just taboo up and down all day. Ended up having major issues with those kids. So that would be my take. I don't think it ever actually helps to just hardline it and walk away. I think it only helps. You can have hard lines, but it really helps to like get in there about the hard line. Like, you know, Taylor wanted a tattoo when she was 16 and I don't really have a problem with tattoos, but I was, there was a rule that you're not going to get one while you're 16, just not going to do it. So I sat down with her and instead of saying no tattoos under my roof, not while you're living under my rules, like instead of doing that, there's the, there's the temptation of doing it. I sit down and said, all right, look, and this isn't a trick. This was an honest conversation. I said, look, you can totally get this tattoo because I think that even if I told you, you couldn't, you'll probably find out a way to do it or you'll be mad at me and we'll have a weird relationship because of it. So here's the deal. You can totally get this tattoo. You can get it anywhere you want. It can be whatever you want, but I want you to have all the, I want you to have all the knowledge here. Here's how it works. They're permanent pretty much. And if you don't want them, eventually it's very painful to remove them at least the way tattoos work today. They're the laser stuff to get them off later. Very, very painful. Also, you better make sure whatever that thing is that you're going to put on your arm or your leg is something you want to look out for the rest of your life. Because if you don't, that's a bummer. So pick wisely. You want to make, make sure it's the best. And you also, you want to make sure you go to a good place because people get infections and die by getting cheap tattoo work done. So this is going to be expensive and you're going to have to pay for it. So you're going to have to save your money. And all. So I just laid out all this stuff. And at the end of it said, so all of that's out there. You can totally do this now, but you just needed to know all of this. And she said, yeah, I don't know if I, I probably don't need one. And she didn't get one. And it didn't harm our relationship. We didn't have any falling out about it. She didn't feel coerced. I didn't coerce her. I basically just gave her the facts and let her have the choice. And in the end, as much as that feels like a risky thing to do, it's just a human thing to do to have the relationship come first and the reason you're talking come after. 
Like guns, the guns are, are, you know, the gun, the point of the gun conversation matters. But what, what matters more is your relationship with the boy built on trust, built on uh, admiration, built on respect, all of those things that comes first. The other stuff tends to clear its own way. So if I had any advice that's worth anything, that would be it. Which I did not expect to give today, but I hope it's help. I hope it's helpful. <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's good. I didn't realize it was a gun thing like that. Had I known that, I mean, it kind of blew my mind when you said it because I was like, "Yeah, wait a minute, that's exactly what happened to Nick." And he was so into it, dude. He knew more about guns. I was playing those games, like I was playing Call of Duty. What was the second one? Uh, Modern Warfare Two, and yeah. going, "Ah, that's a cool gun. This is a cool gun." But I don't know the names. I'm not really paying attention. And now he's like a kick-ass PC shooter gamer. But he's not obsessed with that stuff. Yeah. He'd rather play Fall Guys today. He was just talking about it. I used to watch Aliens like every day when I was like seven. Oh, my gosh. The James Cameron version. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because people would would record copies of, you know, the movies they bought. So you'd have these random tapes with three or four movies on them. And I didn't know what they're on it. And then I found ones I liked that were super violent that I know my parents didn't want me to watch. But Mm -hmm. they didn't see what I was doing downstairs. And I just watched all the violent stuff. Right. And uh, yeah. And guns was one of my favorite games as a kid. My friend and I had grown up, Stephen Bailey. Shout out to you. I talk to you more, but you're on Facebook and I avoid Facebook. Um, but uh, <laughs> not that I'm advocating that you go on Twitter. Hey, you can but, do whatever um, you want. We, our favorite game was, Bo, you want to play guns? Yes, let's play guns. And then we had massive collections of toy guns. And this is what we do for hours. <gasps> it's all we do like all day and then the our, the last part would be like oh no there's a bomb it's about to go off 60 seconds oh we'd be running oh 32 and they're like oh shit we made it too fast let's run back and do it again so as we get out at the last second kaboom and then diving so like i don't have any good advice for you i just really like guns <laughs> <laughs> and uh if you don't like it then if the kid's smart, he'll avoid you and go play guns with his friends and find other places to get the information. Well, from. and if you so, do, that's right. And that's the other thing is if you, if you help him understand the ramifications slash results of, and they can learn at eight years old that these are really deadly. These can cause this and this and this. It's you don't get to just respawn back at camp like you do in a shooter game or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if that starts to sink into him, then what you're doing is you're actually doing way more than just avoiding a problem with violence, guns and whether he's breaking rules, you're actually doing a very proactive thing of building understanding and having him get a more cohesive sort of critical eye toward everything in his life. So when he understands that, because this is, I mean, think about you today. You're like, I'm playing Doom. Man, that gun feels good. But you're not going, I'm going to use it in real life and blow people up because you're an emotionally, (laughs) you're an emotionally intelligent person who learned a very long time ago that, living out fantasy on a screen versus living out fantasy in real life where other people are hurt are completely different things. And you would never be for the one, but you can enjoy the other. And there's emotional intelligence in both knowing that and knowing there's a difference, but also knowing, you know, the harm of, of the real thing. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, as much as we might say, Oh, it's weird for a kid who doesn't understand that games, guns can be dangerous. I think it's just as weird for some stodgy old lady who says no violent anything because it's the same as the real thing. No, it's not. There's a huge difference between it and the real thing. And the quicker somebody can understand those differences, have empathy for real people, but not care about the, 
the aliens they're shooting in Halo, the better off they'll be. So he'll be, I think he'll be fine. Plus you're a super smart guy. You're not, I'm not worried about this. He's going to be great. All right. I mean, does he like guns? Does he want to kill people? Well, he doesn't want to kill Just anybody. To stuff he, like likes, he likes guns. Well, yeah, but in the context of a game, and that's what's always mm. concerning is like, ah, oh, mm. I totally killed that guy. Like, he plays Burnout uh, Paradise. He loves that game. Mm-hmm. And when he runs into somebody, he goes, I murdered that guy. And I said, there was no guy in that car. I said, that was just a car. You didn't murder anybody. Stop mm-hmm. it. And But he mm. that's just the language he uses. And I, I think a lot of it comes down to that is the language he chooses to use can sometimes be a bit scary because it's not. I mean, I was the same way. I remember throwing the biggest pouting fit to my parents known to man because there was this gun. I don't remember what it was called, but this toy gun that they had a little strobe light in it and you cocked it and you pulled the trigger and it flashed a strobe light. And in the commercial, they were using it to kill shadows. And I was like, man, I got to get this gun. It kills shadows. And I needed it. And I threw a pouting fit until I got that gun. Something fierce because I had to go out and kill shadows. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with them, too. You know, I did the same thing. I had, you know, cap guns and, uh, you know, ton of my ton of my toys growing up were guns and blasters and lightsabers and all of that. And uh, I still remember my parents taking away some because it was right around the time where police had accidentally killed somebody for holding a toy gun. And I had some that looked real, you know, completely real. I remember them taking those away and giving me ones with orange caps on them. But I mean, I still had all that stuff, you know, and and so I think I understand that bit. But then sometimes you hear the language around it. And I think there's probably just to add an additional wrinkle, some fear based on knowing the dad. Yeah, uh, I think that adds to this for sure. There's no question that that's part of this. That's hard. Hey, I got an idea. Adds a little bit of the concern. Yeah, yeah. There's a Netflix series that scares the crap out of me, and I think it would be good to scare the, your kid a little straight. <laughs> uh-huh, which is, um, yeah. Uh, it's like these guys who go to like the world's hardest prisons and like live in there for a week. Like as an actual prisoner, like these crazy ass prisons throughout the world, and uh, you know they get their cavities checked and all of it, and it's horrifying. So you say, okay, we can play some Grand Theft Auto, but here's what happens to the kinds of people that you know play with guns once they kill someone. <laughs> yeah. They get to do this, and your kid will hate it. You'd be like, ah, oh, you make you make a deal. Just say, I'll let you do this if you do this with me a bit. How about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't know. If th- he might be a little too young for that, but yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I wasn't too young for aliens, man. I just say, serve him up the truth. <laughs> Give him a big bowl. Handle aliens. more than you think they can. That's true. Ripley will. Ripley makes all things better. Okay, so the only other thing I would add is, this is a, a parallel experiment or experience that I had. But when my girls were little, and they would say, or you know, the word sex would come up. There's a lot of tee hee tee hee hee because they don't know what it is, right? When they're like yeah. six or seven, they don't know. But they know it's like ooh, ee tee hee tee. It's an adult term, and so they tee hee all over the place, right? Yeah, I've. I've been in a situation where there was a mixed group of, of friends, their age, all together. Someone's whispering about some sex thing. And all the kids, this is a normal thing. Kids all do this. And all the kids in this little powwow behind a couch are going, tee hee, tee hee, tee hee, tee hee, right? Laughing about it. I don't know why I'm fixating on the tee hee, but anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the parents freaked out and immediately made it seem like the worst thing in the world. I pulled my girls aside and I said, oh, we've probably, this is a little early for this talk, but we should probably talk a little bit about this so you guys understand what's going on and what that word even means. And, and I'd say, do you know what it means? No. Are, are we in trouble? No, you're not in trouble at all. It's a normal word. It, it's an important word and you're going to learn all about it one day. But blah, 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 blah. So we had these converse, we had a conversation on their level about a thing that their friends were being told was the devil. And I was saying, no, it's just something you're too young to fully understand. And as you get older, we'll talk about it more and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm not making this up when I say this. Two of the parents that were there with kids in that group had daughters who got pregnant in high school. I'm not saying it's a direct line. Okay. I'm not saying that, but I'm Uh saying they had a thing that was demonized and was told to them, stay away from it. No matter what you do. That is a problem when you hit puberty because suddenly you've got feelings you don't know how to deal with and what to do about them. And if your parents aren't on board uh, uh, there being a part of your life and part of the communication, then it's a, it's a shit shoot. Good luck is what I'm saying. And that didn't happen to me. And so I'm not, I'm not saying it's a direct line. 100% not saying it. And obviously there are outliers and there's going to be differences. But my experience raising these three kids was always communicate, do it because you really care about them and make those conversations real and get on their level, like be that kid and try to get into their head of how it feels to feel, to, to understand, you know, hear what they're hearing, see what they're seeing, and then keep building that because one day they're going to be 23 and they're going to come put their arm around you and say, I'm really glad you taught us this or that you did this. This happens to me all the time with my kids. It's great. And I'm really glad it happened. It doesn't mean at the time I wasn't nervous or that it didn't suck or any of that because it did. But I'm telling you that stuff will pay out and it'll pay off in the long run if that's the priority. If the priority is always, oh, well, okay, bud, come here. Let's talk about this. You'll always win. And even in your situation where, you know, he's got a step or he's got a, a dad who's maybe not the best influence on the other side. If you do it consistently enough, you'll come out on top. Not that it's a competition, but you know what I mean. Your your your, your right. influence will stick, and it will be meaningful to him. And and you know there, there'll come a day where he'll be, man. I'm sure glad John was around at that time, or whatever. That stuff will happen, and it'll seem like a long way away. But trust me, it happened in like five minutes. And it's weird. Suddenly, you're old and your eyes infected. Mm. All right. I have a I have a weird tangential thought. Um, if I want John to get the help he gets, because I think I might. Well, I'm just going to say it like because we're talking about raising kids and we're talking about, you know, killing people. And and, you know, one of the things that I want to kill is let's get rid of Santa Claus, please. Can we stop it with the Santa Claus? Oh, my gosh. This is a Uh, tangent. It's a super tangent, but I don't expect us to. We don't talk about it that much in the show. But um, one of the things I hate the most that I hated the most about being a child was being told a lie all my life and then being told not to lie. It really, it really bugs me even to this day. Like, yeah. can we please stop it with Santa? Like, it doesn't exist. Like, stop telling your kids that. Ex- I, I think we should stop doing that. The problem, like- the problem is, is society has reinforced it to the point that they, it's already, it happens to them whether you do or don't. Like, it, it society, no, wants, it, society wants your kids to get excited about the fat red guy in a suit because he's going to bring you toys and 
that translates to better sales and it's kind of a capitalist problem, but I totally get what you're saying. And we, I used to love the idea that parents only got one or two lies they could tell without feeling bad. One was, one was Santa Claus. What was the other one? Oh, like tooth fairy is always a fun one, right? There's something fun about those. Because you're lying to someone, and it's but, fun I to lie. It, but I get it. But I get it. Mess with people. I get it. I get it. And I your think kids it's, are full of joy, and they're adorable, and they believe, and you're like, oh, it, it's selfish. I feel so good that they feel so much magic. And then some kid, it's you're you're ten, and everyone at school's like, dude, Santa Claus doesn't exist. And you're like, my parents wouldn't lie to me. You guys have just like been bad. And you're like, you know, and it goes, and it, and it's not fun. Like I'm I'm just like they told me not to lie. Is this some sort of hazing? Yeah. Like are they are they lying to me mm-hmm. because they want me to be ready for lies in the adult life. I'm like, that. I don't need that to learn that lesson. <laughs> Anyways. Mm. You know, well, here's what, here's what like we it. did. Here's what we did. Cause by the time they're six or seven, they figure it out. Right. They usually figure it out. And so in Taylor's case, she says, dad, Santa's not real, is he? And she started to also get the idea that it was actually me. Cause I was doing it every year. I'd put a pillow in my thing and show up in the beard and everything. I was always, for whatever reason, I always got, pick to do this and uh mm-hmm. she was figuring it out she said dad santa's not real i think you're santa and i said you know what you figured it out you're right i totally am santa and that includes your gifts and stuff so every time we get something under the tree that always came from us and not from santa claus but then we would have a big conversation again this is what matters you have a conversation about what santa is and why it's a concept and why it's a fun thing sometimes and when you see a movie about santa why is that why is that fun why does that bring joy even when you know there's no santa claus like what are these cultural things that matters way more than than just one day sure. going yeah it's a lie that's yeah, fooling you the whole time you dumbass i'll see you later have fun at school mm-hmm. like you shouldn't do that but you know just communicate yeah so- i think it's the it's the artifice around it that to some degree is going to be the bigger issue because I mean, when I found out I, it was a case of I detectived it. I was like, mother, father, it probably wasn't this official. I said, I can't help but notice that Santa uses the same wrapping paper (laughs) as some of the other gifts that I've seen dad wrap. I love it. He also seems to be quite skilled at wrapping almost as if he's just as good as dad is. And for the last gift for the globe, he thought it would be fun to do a little game where I had to follow a string. And that is the very same string that has been out in our front yard, sitting in the potted plant. I have seen that string before, and I don't think Santa used that (laughs) string. This has led me to conclude that you, mom and dad, are in fact Santa Claus. (laughs) And they were like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just like, yeah, it's time to tell you, yeah. And... You know, I don't remember the conversation after that, but I know we talked about it and we laughed about it and it was fine and it didn't leave like a bad taste in my mouth. I do remember having the, you know, when you're younger and the parents think they can get a couple more years out of it or whatever. And they say, (laughs) well, Santa real to you, you know, (laughs) and you get that question. Um, That's like the testing the waters to see if you're going to be honest is like, well, is Santa real to you? What do you think? You know? Um, And, and even that in hindsight doesn't bug me. Uh, But then again, I don't have a real issue with lying to children. <laughs> I don't think that that's necessarily the roughest thing in the whole life. I mean, it depends, right? Like it depends on the lie. If you're, 
if it's a lie that they're they're getting they're having a great time on a one time of the year and they're feeling all the feelings of Christmas and it's just all around them and I don't know it feels different than saying uh dad dad's gonna go get a pack of cigarettes I'll be back tomorrow and then I don't come back for five days because I'm out having an affair with somebody or whatever you yeah. know like yeah, there, sure. there's a different Probably level of lies. Right lie. yeah that's the but- wrong lie when I've already put in a McDonald's order and I'm going out the door to pick it up and the boy says, John, I've decided I want a Sprite. And I say, you can't have a Sprite. And he says, why not? And I said, the order's already been made. We yeah. or- it's already ordered. We- we're getting what we're getting. Yeah. And then I show up because his mom asked for a Sprite yeah. with a Sprite. Yeah. And he goes, is that Sprite? And I don't want to have the conversation. I have no problem going, no, it's water. And walking away. <laughs> that was fine, and I am not going to apologize for it. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, lying is part of the world. I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting... It's, it's an interesting... Um, I, I just remember it giving me permission to lie. And then when I got caught in my lies, to learn to lie better. Because I realized oh, that all parents were liars. Yeah. That meaning, you know, uh, that parent, like everybody's parents were liars and, you know, it's, it didn't have a good effect on me. It had a very damaging effect on me. Well, sometimes those uh, lies are damaging, right? Like sometimes, but sometimes they're. Well, also like we didn't have that much money and I didn't know it was a kid. So Santa Claus, please buy me a Super Nintendo. Here's a toboggan. Santa Claus, please buy me a Super Nintendo. Here's this. And, And be like, I'm not bad. I got gifts. And I've seen him on TV. He's got an amazing workshop. Mm. And he could totally give me a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And my parents go, probably my parents is like, this kid like doesn't want like wants this and we can't afford it. And we're raising it, we're working our butts off to like, you know what? I'm just like, just tell me. <laughs> Santa Claus is a lie that rich people tell each other, and we're not rich, so we can't afford things. So we're gonna work hard and get you something. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. I know the kid's not gonna understand it, but sure. That's how we get into these family problems where we're lying to each other, not about silly things, but now big things. And we're, ma- we're normalizing and making it okay. And I really don't like Santa Claus and the whole deal. No, I get like, it. Christmas is fine. Have Christmas. It's fun to get together with family. You don't need to throw a lie into it uh, and then try and teach people to not lie and then do it gleefully. I, I don't, I, I'm sorry to be a wet blanket on that, but I, yeah, I really wet blanket. It. No, I totally, it's an interesting point of view. I hadn't really thought of because in my mind, the Christmas thing has always been, yeah, there's an element of not true, but it's this fantasy element that brings joy. Like they're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was saying, uh, you can't, um, I don't know, you can't see their, your friend because your friend has rabies. And that was a lie. That would be damaging. So again, the things, the things you do, the the things you do that, that you do again, it's back to those relationships. If it only brought them joy, they will come to the emotional understanding that, oh, well, that's a fib that actually made us happy. We enjoyed that time. And I wish I was a kid again, because that was great. It was bliss. I was blissfully unaware. Or they're going to go, oh my gosh, I can't believe they said my friend had rabies. And really, they just didn't want me to go over there because, you know, their dad smelled funny or whatever the reason. I can't think of a good example, but, but. I, I think there's something to that as well. I'm, 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 this is not me. I'm not absolutely not discounting your point of view. I think it's a very interesting philosophical mm-hmm. point to make. Still have Santa Claus, I guess. Just say like it's a fictional. It's like it's like Thrall. I'm, if a kid's like, oh, oh, I can't wait to meet the orc Thrall, Mom. Mm. You'd be like, you know, there's no Thrall. And then it'd be like, oh, I can't wait to meet Santa Claus. You're like, oh shit. Um, 
well, Santa Claus is very busy. He can't meet you. Like, why are you lying? <laughs> like, it, it's it makes it's it's from a different time. I, it's it's an antiquated notion at, at the very least. I, I strongly well, it's also it. easier to as we get older. I know I do. I get cynical about the whole existence of the Claus myth because I've learned it's just all about buying gifts and spending money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's another aspect. So that even leaving that out. alone. Yeah, that part bums me out. But for See, different reasons. the Hungarian side of my family, we didn't have any Santa Claus. Oh, we really? had this guy Saint Mikolash. Mikolash. <laughs> You had one of those and, weird Eastern European so, guys. Yep, I love uh-huh. those. And on December like 6th or 7th or something, you didn't celebrate on the 25th. It was like the 6th or 7th. Yeah. And you put your boot out. And again, still a lie, but he would either leave a stick for you for your parents to hit you with. <laughs> or you had chocolates. <laughs> and that was also another lie. Because I'm like, holy shit crap, I hope he doesn't leave sticks. I was really bad this year. And then I started to figure things out when I got like good gifts. And I'm like, I was bad. Man. Like, I just, yeah, you know, I had about a year where I killed a squirrel with a, with my own hand. And- <laughs> Santa Claus is like, here you go, good kid. Yeah, there you go. No, no stick for you. I don't know. That's interesting. And everyone's going to do it different. We're not advocating anything here, but well, it might just be me. And I took it hard and I was crushed. Well, you're nice. You're a nice guy. And that's the other thing is knowing your kid well enough to know which ones are going to be, you know, like I, Nick, when he was little, we couldn't show him anything that was like, that had anything to do with surgery. That was, he was terrified of it. Nowadays he doesn't care, but like, do you guys remember the game on the, on the Nintendo Wii called, Oh, she was Japanese, very anime game, but you use the Wiimote to kind of cut open the characters and pull the glass out like tweezers. And I don't remember oh, the name. Yeah, yeah, I do. It was pretty popular. There was a series of them, mostly in Japan, I guess. But it was very cartoony, like over the top cartoony. There was nothing about it that was really gross. There was no blood. It was just big, goofy representations of of the stuff you were cutting into. But yeah, that thing, it, it had some stuff that got to me, though. Well, this is the thing. To me, it was like nothing. To him, it was horrifying, and he had nightmares for weeks about this thing. Just watching a little of it, it just bugged him, bugged him, bugged him. And he's just sensitive to that stuff in a way that his sisters weren't. So you have to do it. That's the other thing. If you got multiple siblings, which doesn't, you know, John John's an only child. My friend Brian Ibbett's an only child. Like that's a different experience. But when there are multiple kids around, not every kid they don't all come out of the same, you know fuzzy bumper barbershop shape they're all different and we had to always keep that stuff in mind like yeah. we knew this one was this and this one was that and nick's a daredevil who loves to climb up on trees but don't show him anything to do with surgery or even talk about surgery he gets just super melancholy and sad and depressed the sisters well, didn't I care think, about it so i think to your point scott you said it's it's kind of like knowing how they're going to take it i took the santa claus thing very well yeah but what i didn't take well was my dad in an effort to get me to stop uh, picking at my own toenails said, Hey, you don't want to get an ingrown toenail because the way they take care of that is they uh, cut open and remove part of your toe. And then they seal it with a burning hot iron. Oh my Lord. Which maybe was true when my dad was a kid, maybe, (laughs) but at no point did he ever tell me that this is, uh, we've evolved since then, and yeah. this is not the method that is used now. And it turns out, hey, eventually I got a hangnail uh, or an ingrown toenail, 
And I didn't want to tell anybody because the description that I was given as a kid, which mm. I assumed was the truth because it came from my dad, I assumed it was true. And I walked around with a highly infected ingrown toenail for a very long time until finally my parents were like, why are you limping? Mm-hmm. And it was bad. It mm-hmm. was really, really bad. Well, um, to the to, and- the to that point, like parents can. It's, I don't know what the word is. It's not like damage you, but they can say things. They don't even know that what they're saying is anything more than just a a blip. But later, it, but it affects you in like a very real way, which I think is what what Bo's point was. I'll give you an example that's modern. My kids are, you know, 20, 23, and 26 now and mature, you know, functioning adults. And even now, though, during COVID, I made a comment once at dinner where somebody said, Oh, I hope that guy you met with or whatever doesn't have it. And I said, ah, if I get it, I've had a good run is what I said. Those are the words I used. I've had a good <laughs> run. My daughter was so pissed at me for saying that she, because in her mind, she's like, don't even talk about your being at risk and, and getting sick and dying on us right now. You're too young. I don't have, I want to, I want my eventual, you know, possible marriage and possible kids. I want them to have a a grandfather and you talking like this is just dismissive and flippant and lame. And she was right. It was, it was lame. But at the same time, you got to prepare them for there will be a day. Like my mom and I had this conversation two weeks ago or sorry, earlier this week, there'll be a day. You're not going to be around. Of course, of course. But she knows that already. like, Like, like making a little joke about it is just, you know, uh, maybe it made her feel bad and that's good to have a conversation, let those feelings out, but you know, we're all going to go and it's okay to joke about it. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and if he makes you feel uncomfortable, I don't know, like people are different. You want to be respectful, especially towards family members of their sensitivities, but we're all going to go. That's really True. interesting though, because, and you're right. So, <laughs> so Bo's advice to if me you've today. Had, if you've had a good run tomorrow. Like my it, mom's like, if I croak tomorrow, I'm glad you guys have each other. Right. You know? But it's, but, but basically you're saying embrace your mortality. And if you're going to die, oh, well, you're going to die. But don't tell me that Santa Claus guy is real. <laughs> that's See, that, right. That's an interesting point. I mean, I, I, that was, it's it, it, part of it is my upbringing. Like I was, I, Santa Claus aside and tooth fairy aside, yeah. I was brought up in a very, but here's what. You know, I've seen a deer gutted as a child, right? Like yeah. they shot a deer and they cut open the asshole and they pull everything out by the asshole. And I saw all of it. You know what I mean? Like I was exposed to a lot of adult things as a child. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that's, you know, they pre- your your parents are supposed to prepare you for your life. Yeah. Not to coddle you or anything like that. And it doesn't mean you have to learn it all at once and like terrorize the damn child. Uh, but it means personally, I believe truth trumps all. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's just my take. Well, there you go. Also, they didn't tell you that those those were reindeer from Santa's sleigh or anything when they pulled their oh, no. guts out of their butt. Real, real deer. Okay. He, had, he got his license. No, I'm just making sure they didn't go, hey, Bo, come here and watch me take uh, Rudolph's uh, everything out of his guts through his butthole. They didn't do that. I mean, yeah, they were rough people. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a now we're going to be sensitive towards this deer and blah. You know, I was like, here you go. I said, you got a kid. Wow. Put the knife in like that. All right. Oh yeah. I think you were so you were a sensitive soul, and you probably some of this stuff was not great for you as a kid. Is my thinking? Probably not. But you're I, you're like me. The in things that, way. that have been the most damaging to me are the things that are the family secret secrets that people keep. Yeah, they're, 
it's the most damaging thing. You you dread telling people things, but not telling them has made things way worse for way longer. Uh, I agree. Family secrets are the worst. Get rid of them, everybody. Let it all hang out. All right. Well, I feel like we've really done some good in the world today. So now this. We assigned ourselves homework last week. And uh, the homework was to play Yakuza 0, at least some of it. It's available on Game Pass on PC, so we thought, why not? We're going to finally crack into one of these Yakuza games. Something happened to me uh, that's pretty funny about that game. So I forgot that I did play through some of Yakuza 0. Um, but my controller, dis- this is a year, this is what, a year ago or maybe more. My controller disconnected, and I hadn't saved the game yet. And I was already to that office where the mean guy in the, in the baby blue suit was being a dick. And I found out that he was going against the family or whatever. Yeah. People who play this game know what I'm talking about. It's probably about two hours into the game. I couldn't do anything and the keyboard was unresponsive. I had to just force quit the game and there was no save. I had to start over. So I got pissed, uninstalled it and just didn't think about it again. Turns out this is the exact same game. This time I have saved every time there's a save point. So no problem with saves this time. And I'm, decently past that point now so it's it's all new game to me now um but anyway yakuza's weird right like <laughs> this is a prequel to the 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 yakuza games that uh are the more modern one, or not more modern ones but the ones that are more modern in story this is set in the 80s and as usual it is just <laughs> packed with weird anime bullshit um yep. but yes, it is uh, like the guy who wants you to buy skills in a tree yeah and he's an american i think yeah but he sounds like wario yeah he He comes up and he goes hey Hey, (laughs) the other thing the game does is it sometimes has the characters mouthing and doing dialogue in like a cinematic way Mm -hmm. and then it will fade to the exact same scene where they're all talking and now they're talking with no words at all but there's text like animal crossing style at the bottom and so now you're clicking through that and reading what each of them says. And then there's a whole other way they do it, which is like this weird vignette where it's the 3D models, but they're all holding still. Except for subtle motion like this, like their mouth is just like. Yeah. Or they'll go, the guy will be surprised and go. But then the dialogue's happening where it's going. And you're reading this. You're reading the subtitles. It's freaking weird. It is a weird way to tell a story. Okay. That aside. I'm having a blast in Yakuza Zero because it's just big, dumb fun. The fights are dumb. Um, you you do not go into these games thinking you're going to get the Batman Arkham City or Arkham Knights or Arkham any of that stuff battle system because it's sort of like that, but a terrible take on it, or it's not as good as that. <laughs> yes. um, and for all I know, Batman got their idea from this. I don't I don't know from the older Yakuza games, but. The, the fighting is just super dumb, but but fun in an arcade way. <laughs> there are times where I feel like I'm playing Shenmue meets... I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Like, there's a little GTA in there, but only in that it's a big environment and a big city and all that. Um, but mostly it's about this story. And to be honest, I'm really kind of into the story. I really the like it. The story is interesting. Yeah. Like, it has a good starting point where it's just like, hey, you beat this guy up in this alley... And he was very much alive when you left him there, but now he's dead. Mm -hmm. And why is he dead? You're now accused of it. What's going on? And I'm, I'm intrigued. Like as soon as that news broadcast started, uh, I was like, Oh, Hey, 
Although I was probably on board as soon as they sang karaoke. <laughs> oh my gosh, the karaoke scene. So a lot of people say, oh, that that's the best part of the game is the karaoke. I uh, would like to hard disagree, and I couldn't wait to be done with that <laughs> really? enough. Oh, I hated it. It's just a terrible rhythm game because you're not singing oh, anything. Okay. You're just playing. It's a terrible rhythm game, but there's no stakes. It's not like it's the only rhythm game. And I don't know if you saw it, Bo, but like, so you're pressing buttons, and it starts with him, and he's just like looking at a little uh, monitor and he's just like singing this song and he's just singing along with it. Very mundane. And then all of a sudden it flash fades and he's in a rocker outfit oh, yeah. on a stage with flames in his mind. Oh, like my God. Hardcore giving a performance for no good reason whatsoever. And you see you see the literal and then you see how he's imagining it in his head that he's just on stage, like just crushing it. It's, it's- it's really weird. And it was doing that even though I was doing very poorly. It's still because I was off my beat and wasn't getting well, it right. Yeah, because he's imagining he's crushing it. They were drunk. Yeah. So it wasn't me actually crushing anything. And his friend's an a-hole. And it's just the characters, I hate and love them at the same time. Because um, in some ways, they take it very seriously. In other ways, it's like obviously not being taken very seriously. But I think I'm in for the duration of the story. I want to see it through. So I'm going to keep playing it. And uh, hmm. let everybody hmm. know what I think. Were your impressions yeah, I, like I, mine, John? You liked it? You enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm having fun with it. The combat's a little rough, but when I saw the friggin' sphere grid of abilities that I'm going to be able to purchase, and I believe that there is one of those for every fighting style, mm-hmm. and I think there's something like four fighting styles. So there's a lot to unlock. Yeah. Um, I think when I get more of that, I will be more into it, but right now it feels a little mashy and a little like, I can't quite do what I want to do. But when you get the like heat gauges and you can like grab somebody and just start ramming their face into things, <laughs> that's very satisfying. Did were you, are you like me where it, you wanted to, it, it made me want to play uh, sleeping dogs again. Weirdly. Yeah. Like I might, yeah. I might actually reinstall that. That game's great. Sleeping Dogs is good. Yeah. I think for anybody, I don't want to be wrong. Let me just double check. But I think it's on sale right now. Oh, like for two, like three dollars yeah, for yeah. the updated version. Two ninety nine for the definitive version, which is really even though that game yeah. came out in twenty twelve, it looks great on PC. It's a oh, good it's looking a QuakeCon game. sale happening too. Jeez. Oh yeah, QuakeCon. That's right. I'm looking real quick just to see because I believe John is correct about. Yeah, that. it's two ninety nine for the definitive edition. I'm gonna add that to my cart because I don't have the definitive edition. Oh, you absolutely should do that. that. Heck yeah! Well, I'm re- I'm installing it now <laughs> <Your> for <cart. laughs> no good reason. I'm installing it, but I love that game. I'd play that through again. It's cool because I, I I like the. It's just such a great different take than GTA spending all this time in San Andreas and. Liberty City and stuff. It's like, oh, here's a game with different kinds of crime organization. It's a different culture of crime, and there's this weird honor system and the yakuza and the and what the tattoos mean and the hierarchy of who answers to who. That's all just really fun to experience and play with. In the case of of Sleeping Dogs, it's all like Chinese triads and Hong Kong and all that. And you drive on the other side of the street, even and I don't know, man. The Sleeping I Dogs think- uh, studio went bankrupt, so they're gone. But I would love whoever owns that IP to like relaunch it and make it make a damn sequel. Finally, that would be great. Yeah, 
Anyway. I think the most telling thing about Yakuza was I was playing it. My girlfriend was in the room. She just kept looking up. And it was after the uh, karaoke. She just goes, what the hell are you playing? <laughs> and I said, I'm playing Yakuza. And she says, I looked up and you were just walking down a street. She said, then I looked away. <laughs> then I looked back up. And it just said drunkards really large <laughs> on the screen. And then you started punching them. She said, then I looked down, then I looked back up, and now you're singing karaoke. What game is this? It is so weird. And I, I'm glad you brought that up because my favorite thing about the game, I think, is that when you come in contact with a an enemy group to fight, it does this ridiculous over-the-top 90s era looking drunkards or uh <laughs> what, what's one of the other ones i use like I street, street uh, <laughs> or yeah street hooligans yeah. street hooligans <laughs> and then you just fight them and i don't know there's something really enduring about that but it's great this, it, it's this game like there's something about sega where sometimes they make a game that just feels like and it's something that's so them it's just arcadey and this has that like from the like big loud menus that you have to sit through like when i mm-hmm. quit this game i alt f4 out because it's like return to menu and then it just is like sega really big and loud you have to go through a little video and real yakuza use a controller and all this stupid stuff that pops up on the it's screen. really hard to find the exit button period like i don't know how yeah. to do it <laughs> so i just I just alt f4 out of it um oh, really? but like <laughs> Like the menus look straight out of the nineties. Still the sound effects. Like oh, when yeah. you go to a different menu, it does the gush, 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 as you're selecting things <laughs> yeah. and you press it and it goes. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a weird mix. Cause that game came out in 2017. It's not like it's, you know, that it's not an old game getting remade. In fact, I thought when I started playing, I thought, Oh, is this the one that got remade? Like zero is like a remake of the original from the PS2 or whatever. No, this is a, like a whole new prequel game. A new game. Yeah. And it, but a lot of those, you're right. A lot of that treatment is like, are you sure this isn't like Virtua Fighter elements and things like stuff from the 1993? And it's weird. Very weird. Yeah. When I hit start, I was shocked that it didn't go Yakuza Zero. <laughs> zero. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff, though. Actually, I mean, I'm dis- disappointed to hear that it doesn't a bit. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, there's enough in there that it's it kind of does. In other <laughs> I'll be ways. fine. I'll be yeah, fine. you'll probably be fine. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll continue and let you guys know how that goes. I also played Earthlock. Not a lot to say except it's a turn-based RPG uh, that was made by some some Scandinavian developers, and they've got a sequel on their way. And I just thought, hey, this thing's down to like nothing right now. It's usually thirty bucks. It was five on the Switch, also on Steam. So I picked it up, and I like it. Except their save points are way too far from boss boss encounters, and I hate that when games do that. Because if I lose in a boss encounter, I don't want to go redo the last hour of content. So give me a save point right before the boss. Thank you very much. And I played a bunch of Blazing Beaks. Have you heard of Blazing Beaks? No. Blazing Beaks. <laughs> so you pick a bird, and you do a top-down shooter dual stick uh, roguelike and kill other birds and frogs and other creatures in a cool top-down 16-bit looking thing. And you upgrade your stuff as you go, and you go do it again. It's got multiplayer if you want, and I have it on Switch and PC, and I really like that game, and I played a bunch of it. It's old, but I like it. Well, old. like It's like a year and a half old, but it's not a, it, it is exactly what I described to you. Hey, 
want a shooter that feels pretty good where you shoot stuff and hopefully not die and earn some points that you can spend later for another run. It's one of those. So check it if you're interested. Blazing Beaks. John, you finally died. Well, you did play Paper Mario, I guess. You are did. you did last week, or are you saying you were going to maybe get it? I don't remember. I bought it, and then I played Super Mario Odyssey instead. Oh, that's uh, right. That's I right. I beat Super Mario Odyssey, or at least as much as I want to beat it. And uh, that game was good. Yeah. Game was real good. Yeah. You beat it. So you've done oh. your full run. You didn't get all the heart or all the moons, I assume. No, didn't get all the moons. Yeah. I'm fine. I got to run around, you know, the Mushroom Kingdom and go into Peach's Castle and feel all nostalgic and wonder where all the doors went. And, mm-hmm. You know, I got to do some stuff. Got up on top of the castle. Yoshi was up there. You know, that was all exciting. But yeah. uh, I didn't really need to go much further than that. Um, I, I loved the ending of the game. Yeah, if I can do a little spoilers. I love that both Mario and Bowser get in a big proposal contest with peach mm-hmm. and then she rejects both of them and just ditches them on the moon. Yep. I thought that was a fantastic ending to that story that yeah. she just is like, Nope, not marrying either of you. Uh, and then just ditches them, leaving them up on the moon. Am even I, though they got, they got away. Do I remember this ride that you have to ride Bowser on some sort of bust through the walls kind of sequence? Yes. Yeah, you that was take over Bowser at one point. That was that fun. Was pretty cool. Too. Yeah, that was really fun. Usually that stuff's too gimmicky for me, but I really enjoyed that switch up. It was it was it was good. Yeah, I, I still I think Super Mario Odyssey is up there with the best kinds of Mario games. Like it's just a it's a great game. You can get to the end and go. It's a you know if you want you can go back and get all those moons and there's stuff to unlock. But I I got my fill. You know it's like. I don't need to do that. It felt just right the way it ended. Maybe one day I'll crack it open. I still have the save and I'll maybe do it, but no real desire. But that game's great. Super Mario Odyssey. And then Paper Mario. How you like that so far? Paper Mario is great. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I don't love the combat system. Yeah. Because it, it I would rather just play RPG combat and mm-hmm. just like, you know, attack. And then I hit and then they hit me. And, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. This whole like line them up and then try and get a one shot kill on all the enemies is not fun. It feels like a really bad puzzle game thrown in instead of a combat. System. I'd like it more if it wasn't timed. And I know there's ways to augment the timer and give more time, but I, it's the timer that pisses me off because then I just feel rushed and it's not fun to be rushed in a puzzle. So yeah, I just wish they'd have just stuck with some sort of, you know, turn-based combat or some other kind of combat. Oh, but over, but all the overworld stuff, all the story stuff, everything outside of combat is so fun and so yeah. ridiculous and great. And the yeah. dialogue is so funny. Like it's such a stupid game, but it's so freaking funny. Yeah. The the little origami lady Cecilia that travels with you cracks me up yeah. because she seems like just such a ditz. Like <laughs> when the castle gets taken away. And you know Luigi was there somewhere, and you just see his little paper hat falling to the ground by mm. itself. And the fact that then for the next several hours of the game, she's just like, oh, man, that looked bad for that hat. We got to find out what happened. We should probably find your brother, too. But she's just worried about the hat through 90% of this journey. She's just like, oh, man, I hope that hat survived. Yeah. Oh, and I hope we also find Luigi. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> The game really, the game writing is really good, and I, I assume I, we should probably be congratulating the localization folks that made it good in English because uh, that's hard to do, you know. 
yeah. to translate that sense of humor. Nintendo does a really good job of that. I liked it. The toad that got turned into a flower and it made him green for some reason. And yeah. he's like, is that how Luigi became green? <laughs> Am I now the Luigi of toads? <laughs> That's it. I'm the Luigi of toads, everybody. I'm going to say things that Luigi would say. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The way they lean into that break fourth wall a little bit. It's too good. When Bowser couldn't do anything but be a folded up piece of paper, I was like actually chuckling out loud. Yeah. It's it's great. Paper Mario. We're not horrible combat, but combat you wish was different. And the rest of it is delightful. Hampered only by weird combat. Bo, you're back in Diablo 3. Did you do a season? What are you doing over there? My gosh, Diablo 3. Yeah, I just um <clears throat> I just jumped in. There's nothing really new to report or talk about. It's the same old, same old, but playing a monk yet again in the new season. <clears throat> and uh, was just playing Lashing Tail kick build. So it's kind of a new build for monk, but not much new to say. And I just played for an afternoon and evening and late night. Yeah. <laughs> and next <laughs> and day. realized, yep, I can't do this. <laughs> and then, you know, proceeded to stop playing Diablo the next day. Cause you know, did you hit all an your hour, an hour turned into 13 hours and that's not shocking for anyone who plays Diablo three. Sure. Um, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it was, did you know, you, it was fun. Did you get your, all your, sorry, in that time, did you hit all your rewards already or you're, you're... uh, no, I've just got the last two pieces of Hadrick's gift and I mean, I'm doing torment six for sure. Right. Uh, so that's, but cool. yeah, very but cool. I mean, there's tricks. There's there's a there's a way to level that's quick. Yeah, I think I've talked about before. Do your weekly challenge rift, then try and get your first like uh, level seventy item, and then upgrade it in the cube and get your free get a free um, uh, cube power right off the bat as early as like level ten, Which and is- then you know you you build another weapon and reduce the level requirement of it. And there's a couple of other things in there. I don't remember it all off by heart, but basically there's a way to quickly like, you know, level through the 70 to do it without the, you know, running through with friends or whatever you can do that on your own. Yeah. Well, I mean like, cause like when you start the season, no one's high level. So there's tricks to get, you know, your first character, no friends later on. Like I just played solo. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That's cool. And uh, more time Mm. in divinity too, as well. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, hanging out in act two. Walking yeah. around Driftwood. Hey, yay, hey, yay. Mm. Queen Justinia, something, something for insubordination. Wow. You know, hanging out in uh, Driftwood Square, shopping at the vendors. Yeah. And you got uh, uh, Crofton stealing money out of her out of her pocket and killing people mm-hmm. with fire. He Can't doesn't die. steal. It's interesting. He just loots things. He just wants to do everything before everyone else at this point. He's a looter. You know what? That game has a real hard multiplayer component if you have very uh, hyperactive um, people you're playing with. Because mm. it's like, there's dial, it's D&D. It's like, slow down, listen to the dialogue, you know, do the do the social interaction uh, unit. But someone can just be off looting all the boxes while you're like, okay, I'm waiting for you to talk. You know, things like that. Right. It's very it's very disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a very poor way to play Divinity 2. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. That game is awesome, though. Such a good game. It is really cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's what we've been up to. We got a quick email. That's a good question. This came in to us from Dan, a.k.a. AKA Lockvine, who said this. I edited this down for length because he had a, some really, really great points, but it was just too long for the show. But here are his main points. 
talking about Nintendo, Sony, and uh, Microsoft. He says, all three companies are trying to accomplish a goal that is not necessarily in opposition to the other companies. It's kind of a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing here. Uh, it says, Sony wants to have the largest dedicated hardware install base. They will probably achieve this. Nintendo and Microsoft don't have this as a primary goal. Microsoft wants a steady stream of the largest subscription base, and they will probably achieve this. Sony and Nintendo don't have this as a primary goal. Nintendo wants to have the strongest IP and brand trust. They will probably have this. Uh, they don't have to look at reviews for, or I'm sorry, uh, I don't even have to look at reviews for Zelda, Mario, Metroid games. I'm just going to get them at full price. Sony and Microsoft do not have this as their primary goal. All three of these competing, or all three are still competing with each other in all three goals, but they have each carved out their own piece of that pie uh, that they're trying to achieve so all three can win this generation of consoles because the first time, for the first time ever, all three have different goals that they are trying to achieve, uh, says Dan. I thought that was a really interesting take. I think he's right. Mm-hmm. I think he's dead right. I think Microsoft and Sony wanted the exact same goals for a long time, but this this time around, it feels like Microsoft is saying, well, this, this weak part of the pie that you're not touching, we're going to take it. And Sony seems like they're probably okay with that. And Nintendo's doing great with the Switch, and they're doing great based on what he said. He's, he's totally right. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think he's kind of dead on. I don't know where the PC fits into this scenario. Um, there's probably a way to add it to the, to the metaphor, but, um, PC, if, if there's a console war and everybody has their bases, PC is the battleground where they step out sometimes. (laughs) Like PC tends to be that neutral ground. Honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't say, that Spider-Man was coming to Avengers in PS4 and PC because more often than not, that's what you actually do see is that a lot of the console exclusives still wind up on PC anyway. Right. Um, It's just sort of this weird middle range. Um, But I think these are good points. And I think, I think this is probably accurate. I mean, I think they are still, like he says at the end, they are still vying to be the biggest and the best. Um, but they have different ways of doing that. I think probably the one thing that I think Microsoft and maybe even Nintendo wish was that Sony was a little more willing to work cross-platform with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They tend to be a little more difficult about that, and we know that Microsoft and Nintendo have had meetings and cooperations and things like that. And I mean, that's the future I want, is where they all kind of just work together and say, yeah, we have all different things we're good at. We're going to be the video game justice league and we all have our strengths and, you know, we'll call on Aquaman if there's a water based. Yeah. If we have water problems, Aquaman, he's your guy. Yeah. It's really interesting. I like this kind of thinking. Thanks Dan for your email. Awesome stuff. If you want to send us one yourselves, you can go to the website and contact us there. Frogpants.com slash core. It's going to, it's going to do it for the show. Everybody good stuff. My eye is killing me. You can't tell, but it hurts, man. All the way back. It's here. a little red. Like you can see the redness here. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah, red. I mean, it, I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I have sympathetic pains. It looks, you know, it doesn't look like it feels very good. What's hard to see is that it's almost like a black eye without the black. Like mm. someone punched me is how it feels, but you can't really see the bruising you would normally get from a black eye. Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is don't touch your face and keep shit out of your eye. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, jeez. That was really loud. Wasn't supposed to play that loud. That would have been a good, been a good place to yeah, end it, honestly. That would... <laughs> <laughs> that would... <laughs> uh, maybe we got to do that from now on. I don't know. End on the worst non sequitur ever. Uh, we'll figure it out. Like, 
Anyway, weird. Uh, hey, uh, don't forget, you can find us, uh, everything we do, over at frogpants.com slash core. And more importantly, we need your help to survive and make this show. So go on over to patreon.com slash core show. Show us your love if you haven't already. Uh, do it, because there's great rewards in there. All kinds of fun stuff, including bonus content every show that you only get if you sign up now. And it can be at the lowest level, too. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Go check it out. That's patreon.com slash core show. I think that'll do it for us, for me, for John, for Bo. We will see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.